Guitar Villains is brought to you by American Musical Supply. Just visit AmericanMusical.com for your unique coupon code. This is just for listeners of Guitar Villains. Anything you need, whether it's picks, guitar strings, cables, a capo, all those small little accessories, all the way up to the big stuff like a new guitar, an amp, all the gear you could ever want is at American Musical Supply. They also have no interest financing, so you can play now, pay later. Use the link in the description for your coupon code to use on your next gear purchase. Thanks to American Musical Supply for sponsoring Guitar Villains. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of season 2 of Guitar Villains and we're nearing the end of this season. We have but three episodes left including this one and today is a very special episode. A guitar player who has influenced me in many ways. Kyle Gass of Tenacious D. His songwriting, his musicianship, his overall demeanor is infectious. We're going to talk about everything, including murder, the art of songwriting, and the majesty of facial hair, among many other things. How's that for an eclectic podcast? This is what podcasts are all about. Long-form conversations that dip and weave just like Tenacious D's songs. And of course, you can count on me to have asked all of the mythological folklore questions that you need answers to regarding the D. Without further ado, guitar villains, Kyle Gass. Welcome to Guitar Villains, uh, the show where we deconstruct and decode the guitar. And Kyle, I, I have to say I've had some people with rather majestic beards on this show, from Zach Wilde to John Petrucci to Steve Vai and Bumblefoot. Uh, and I have to ask, and this is a semi-serious question because I've gotten mixed answers. Do you find that your beard enhances your musicianship in any way? Yeah. For me personally, it gives me uh, another layer to hide behind. I'm pretty shy, actually. And so uh, a beard is, uh, yeah, gives me a little armor, facial armor. Great. So the show is called Guitar Villains because I think, yeah, yeah, I think, I think villains are cooler than heroes. I've always found the characters are deeper and more memorable. So the first thing I want to ask you is, out of all the movie or comic book villains out there, who would you say, if any, you identify with the most? And this could be something as simple as appearance or as nuanced as a character trait you share. I would say Goldfinger. Mm. Goldfinger. <laughs> he is the man, the man with the Midas touch. Watch out, yeah. we're going to get a copyright claim. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I said under 12 seconds or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay, Goldfinger, is there any uh, particular reason? Do you like the theme music in 007 or is there something I else? Do. I do like that one. Of course, that great Shirley Bassey, I believe, sang that one. Mm-hmm. What an Oscar. Uh, yeah, I love the uh, that that song. And usually, they usually have some great, great tunes in the whole series. 
Um, yeah, but I identified with, with Goldfinger. The, yeah, sort of enjoyed it. We enjoyed it, Mr. Bond. The Phrygian mode, I believe? Is that theme song? My modes are a little uh, outmoded. <laughs> Outdated yeah. modes? Well, well, we might be brushing up on them a little bit, but uh, I like that. Goldfinger. So, first things first, I have a couple softball lobs for you. Burning questions. I like it. These are rapid fire questions. They don't totally matter. Don't think I'm just going to go rapid fire and you're going to catch me off guard. I know your little tricks. That's okay. Tyler. Well, let's say let's say this about this segment. These questions don't totally matter, but for some reason, us guitar nerds would like to know the answers. So, we'll start. Right, with, like we'll start with this one. What gauge pick do you use? Um, medium. Uh, I think it's a uh, sixty-two. Oh, sixty-two. That's kind of light, right? I use a, a bass pick. I believe it's sixty-twos. Yeah, I like a little flex, but not too much. I think mm. I'm a medium. I'm usually a medium guy. But I like the bass pick, the triangular ones. Got it. Okay. Yeah. What about string gauge? I usually go 12s. Yeah. On, the on the acoustic, right. And what is your number one guitar right now? It's a Takamini, my old Takamini. It's, it's got a cutaway... It's got this greatest tuner I've ever had in a guitar, mm-hmm. and it's also got the lowest action. So for me, the lower the action, the more fun to play, because I'm lazy fingers. Um, and yeah, it's the one I just pick up, I've noticed lately. And it sounds good. It sounds like me. It's not like a classically great sound. I have a Martin uh that I have been liking, but I noticed just guitars. We're getting nerdy. This is your guitar nerd show. I'm a guitar nerd. Great. Um, I noticed I have a lot of guitars because I love guitars, but I don't necessarily like them like super nice. I'm not a collector. I'm a player and I play them all and they kind of go in and out. Their stocks are sort of, uh, you know, you can only play one at a time. So it, Depends on mood and uh, how they're sort of playing, strangely enough. Yeah. I don't take especially great care of them. And I'm not, like, super proud of it. But like I said, they're more – I'm not even that emotionally attached to them. They're more tools to me than actual sort of sentimental items. Of course, I have a few that are. But Yeah, that's how I feel about, about a lot of my guitars, too. There's, like, one or two that I would grab out of the burning house fire, but most of them would be like, ah, burn. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. If I had three, I think, yeah, I'd probably know which ones. Another question for you, and this is interesting because you're primarily an acoustic player. What is your go-to guitar amplifier? Yeah, I don't use one. <laughs> I don't use The room, ampl- right? <laughs> yeah, the room. Cool. Although I did just get the, one of those Yamaha Trans Acoustic. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. The box, and it's really fun, and it's, it's just a really clever... I tried with using one of those uh, attached ones. The uh, mm-hmm. what they're called that product. The um, tonewood, tonewood, or uh, yeah, the tonewood, tonewood. And I didn't really have any success. <laughs> I couldn't even really install it. 
it was real. And I thought, well, I want the one that's factory made. I'm kind of a simple guy. I like, I like it kind of factory installed. Mm-hmm. And indeed, I was correct. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a different vibe, and it's uh, it's fun to have. It's clever the way they use the box as the uh, cabinet. Right. The report. I mean, that's what it is anyway. And then you just have it bounce around in there. And by gum, it's a little it's a little speaker. I bought this uh, uh, cube, a uh, little busking thing, just for fun. Mm. It really sounds good. It's kind of like the uh, you know, it's kind of a busker special and it's fun i've been playing around with amplification but yeah normally i just like to acoustic or regular di yeah do, do you find that you like the amps more for the just the volume boost or or you like the effects on them too oh i love the effects uh, they're just fun to play around with but you know they're all they're usually a trap and then i'll usually like ah i just turn them all off i'll go down some bad road and i go i'm not sounding really better but I'd like to go more into that. I think I gotta um, get out of my uh, my box and just explore a little more. There's some fun tones out there. Yeah, it's a, it's an endless abyss. It is. I actually i uh, I appreciated Tom Morello's take on it when he uh, he just made a decision to just set up his amps and guitar at what he liked, and then didn't change it ever. And I thought, you know what? I think I could see myself doing that. Like, and just because I think so often you get obsessed with the tone, and you know, it's really about notes and melody, and and uh, you know, finding good uh, musical things as opposed to effects. Yeah, he he built effects like into his guitar. He's a crazy yeah. guy. Yeah, I I was the jury was kind of out for me a little bit on Tom sometimes. And I thought, it's a little gimmicky, but he's a real player. He's legit, and uh, I really admire his, his uh, style and playing. Yeah, me too. The rage is just, I mean, if they're not the greatest live band, I don't know who is. I just, I've never seen just a better live band. I just, they, and it isn't even, it's just about them being tight and performance and energy and, and content and and just get it. I mean, when the crowd's hopping with rage, a festival crowd, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen when the festivals start back up. It seems like there's going to be a renaissance. Yeah, I think people will really enjoy it, and then uh, the variants will come and probably destroy all <laughs> <laughs> We're all done. Or, you know what? I'm actually, <clears throat> I mean, I don't like crowds on a good day, and I don't like really standing up for a long time. <laughs> I much prefer performing. I think it's actually a great to lessen crowds in a way. I don't know if packing people in anywhere is really always the best thing to do. I, I, I find it more, um, you know, comfortable. I like, I'd like to go to a basketball game right now. <laughs> Just, you know, half, but I guess it's already back, uh, back to full capacity now. Yeah. I was going to say, I've been to a couple live sporting events in the last month just because everything seems to be safe now. And, uh, yeah, it's highly enjoyable. Like nobody's around you. You're not rubbing up against the dude who's screaming. Um, it's, it's yeah, a good time. Games. And the one thing that bugged me, I love basketball. I love the Lakers. Sorry, everybody. But, um, <laughs> It was the, I mean, it was just too, they, you know, they're greedy. They pack everybody in. They need more money. It's like, you effing greedy bastards. 
just give me some elbow room. You're still going to make a bazillion dollars. You know, I love how they didn't have any, you know, no uh, leagues were sunk. They're so rich that <laughs> they don't even need fans in there. Yeah. There's contracts and sponsorships. But anyway, off topic. Well, the Lakers got some work to do. We can leave it at that. worms. <laughs> hey, I, I'm from Boston, so I, I'm my team's not even in it anymore. I like that they won a game. I thought that was really great. And they avoided I, the know, sweep. We could have had, we could have had um, uh, what's his name? Your uh, your star. What's his name? Tatum. Tatum. They, you know, we got Lonzo <laughs> instead of Tatum. Yeah. Jason Tatum. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. This guy looks like he looked possible Kobe-esque. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, he's had the size and the, he just looked like oh, this guy's. A, but Alonzo, look, he had the flashy, the flashy appeal. But it just was one of the great bad drafting because <laughs> yeah. it was right there. It was two and three. It's like, well, they were obviously the next guys are probably going to go. And Lonzo just kept going up and up. It's just the hype and the dad and everything. The Sorry. dad, the dad made a ha- have something to do with that. Yeah, good work, Dad. Yeah, good job. Cool, man. Well, let's move on to another segment. I call this one "Name Those Notes." So this concept is pretty simple. Uh, I'll play you a quick sequence of notes from songs you have recorded over the years. <laughs> I was wondering, now, wait a minute. Are you just checking these have a perfect pitch? But no. No, no, no. Um, so you have to guess what song uh, these notes come from. So they're little okay. snippets. And uh, we'll go, uh, we'll go, they're, they're not too difficult. So you don't have to get too nervous. But uh, we'll start with something very easy and Get progressively harder. Sound good? No, go. Okay. <laughs> You'll surprise yourself, I think. All right. Here's the first batch of notes. I have longer versions Colors. if you need it. Colors. Try again, Kyle. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I'm stumped. Papagano? That's the food I want. It's cakey. From th- what? From Thundering Herd. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going all D all the time. No, no, no. Not all the time. Oh, you're going for my old complete oeuvre. Yes. That's amazing. You know, that is a great track, though. That I, is a great I love the track. You're, you're playing flute, right? Yeah, I'm playing uh, recorder. Recorder, right. Okay. And uh, guitar and vocals in that project as well. Yes. But uh, the uh, electric guitar histronics are supplied by... Right. John Connect, and Mike Bray. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you got the concept down. Let's move on. All 
Dude, I totally miss you. Correct. Now, who was that singing? It sounds like me. It is you. <laughs> Why am I singing that? Beautifully singing it. Um, it's, a, it's a lesson you did on this song. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the Guitarings, the classic series. Yes. And, uh, we were. This is such a great chord progression and melody. And I, I couldn't really figure out like who writes what um, when it comes to Tenacious D. So if I if it's a, a riff of yours or Jack's or whatever, just feel free to correct me. I did. I think we I think the chords, they don't always, you know, it comes any which way. But I think the chord progression was. Uh, but then we played around with that a lot. It's a little bit asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. I, I, you played it. So it kind of. It uh, it meanders a little bit in a good way. I remember we played around with that a lot. Is, uh, I think that's in three or six eight, isn't it? Or three four? I didn't so, know how you counted it. I was going to ask. It sounds like three since it's so slow. Um, three definitely. And I think it always when you go to a different time signature like that, I think it gives it a sort of an instant ballady. <laughs> You know, you're yeah. in valid territory. And that was obviously the vibe. Yes. Yeah. And and I wanted to ask you, that chord progression and melody are so are are so nice. Do you have what if somebody said, What's your best songwriting tip? Somebody who wants to get better at songwriting, what would you tell them? Wow. What a great uh, question. I uh, I think listening to songs that you uh, that really uh, magically uh, work for you mm. in your ear, in your ear pussies, ear holes, and then study those. Look at those uh, progressions and melodies, because I think that's, you know, I think art music is always a reinvention of what's happened before, because we want we want the familiar only unique, <laughs> and it's a strange. So I think that's that's a good tip. I would say that's a great tip. Definitely steal. What is it? Stealing and uh, homage and, you know, whatever it is. Good artists borrow, great artists steal. There you go. I think Van Gogh said that. I'm a great artist then. Damn. You're awesome. (laughs) Another group of notes for you. Here we go. Oh, come on. (laughs) Why, it's our signature tune, Tyler. Of course. Now... I'm I'm not going to ask the same question you've been asked a billion times. I'm sure. Oh God. Well, let me put it this way: yeah. I think this is a tribute to either "Stairway to Heaven" or "One" by Metallica. That's what's out there in the ether. You can confirm or deny either of those. It is. It is. <laughs> I think we've. I think we've. Uh, I think we've spilled the beans. I guess you know there is a school where you really uh, should never say anything. <laughs> your song i thought that's that's not a bad way to go but but we didn't and that's what it but it's also we did obviously in the uh, hbo series mm-hmm. um, and when we used to do the song the, the stairway was and that was you know when i was growing up that was that was the citizen kane it was just like well the, we can all agree that's the most epic great rock song was stairway to heaven i mean it's so much that it's cliche and and now we don't probably don't consider it maybe that way but but it still has that um yeah wayne's world might have just killed killed it dead (laughs) yeah but um 
But it definitely was that. But then it won just as much because that was, um, you know, we've told that story, but it was kind of a bonding moment for Jack and me and him turning me on to Metallica because I was really kind of the soft rock guy. <laughs> I just like, I yeah, I was just a real James Taylor-y, uh, you know, Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash kind of guy. That was kind of my jams. Yeah, what um, is it about metal bands where they can tap into this amazing ballady sort of sound? You know, if you think about any sort of clean guitar sounds in heavy metal or acoustic yeah. stuff, it's always so majestic and epic. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, there's just, uh, yeah, you want to go for that, that beauty. And that's part of the, I think the rock kind of, that's allowed, you know. Even funny and not funny. I think it's what we responded to, like, how grand, yeah, you can be as grand as you want. It's just uh, as, as, as much as you're, <laughs> let yourself do it. So, you know, I mean, chord progressions and content and lyrically, I mean, we've always been pretty self-reflective and and just celebrate our just, our, our mere existence. <laughs> It's been fodder for songs, you know, just how, how great we are for doing it. <laughs> it's, it's also, you know, kind of the flip side is like the deep insecurity that it takes to always trying to self-aggrandize. But, you know, not to get too psychoanalytic, but. Go anywhere you want, man. I'll go with you. It's your nerd show. <laughs> it's my nerd show. Okay. Well, we have three more and uh, there's some, some D and some not. I'll just say that. Ah, oh, Rock is Dead. From Rise of the Phoenix. <laughs> Classic speed it up shuffle. What why uh what why do you Well, I was gonna ask what do you say? Because this is like I don't think it's really a popular clickbait headline anymore, but there was a time, especially when I first started really getting into social media and things where places like the Washington Post or uh, outlets like that that aren't necessarily music uh, outlets would comment on the guitar world and the rock world and be like, sorry, rock's dead. The guitar solo's dead in the mainstream music is what they meant. But uh, what, do, what do you say to that overall idea? Uh, <clears throat> well, being an old person now, you get the perspective where you see things coming and going. But not, uh, still not not surprised by how, like, oh, my God. You know, it's R&B and rap and have sort of taken over the popular airwaves and kind of some weird emo pop stuff. Uh, but I think stuff that's good will always be around. Like, jazz isn't, you know, jazz was number one in 48. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what you know those are the pop songs and the jazz age and and the rock age and uh, you know the hip-hop age i guess i don't know what you'd call it but but uh i think things that are really good last even if they're you know niche mm. I think you're never gonna get rid of i mean you go on youtube how many people are just rocking out uh as hard as they can and just bands have not gone away i mean you look at a festival i mean there's 50 bands on there and they're all, and, and I think as long as people want to get together and make music with their friends, <laughs> I think there'll always be, ba it's too fun. I mean, I, 
I just I love band culture and and uh, touring and and uh, you know making music with your friends like Willie Nelson said. That's interesting. So band culture, I I haven't actually considered it that way before. What would you say some characteristics of band culture are? Um, well, uh, hanging with your friends who you enjoy is <laughs> because uh, you know it's a work uh, environment. Uh, having to compromise and having to come up with stuff together as a group um, is a challenge, but like a fun challenge. But just the give and take, uh, you know, I like, I like um, you know, I'm a sports guy, and I do liken it to a team. And, you know, there's stars on a team, but everybody needs to play. And, you know, sometimes there aren't stars. And sometimes, you know, there's different models um, of bands, but I think the best band is where everyone's bringing their thing to the band, and you'd miss them without it. You know, there's a human element, I think, to it. I, I think it's it's uh, like with so many things, it's always about chemistry. So it's like what what goes together well, and it's uh, I you know I deal with it you know all the time in you know the bands and lineups and stuff like that. What's going to work best? Yeah, and it's it's uh it's a lot of fun. I think sometimes making music in a vacuum can be a little hard, <laughs> which we've been doing for like but, another. Yeah, last. I was about to say that's like all I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but on the other hand, it is uh it's been a great chance to kind of you know go inward. All journeys are inward, as they say, as the guru says. I'm gonna start saying that. That's a good one. Yeah, it's true. Two more for you. Here we go. The start of our greatest motion picture ever made, The Pick of Destiny, Kickapoo. And the best Tenacious D song? (laughs) In my opinion. Uh, Yeah, it's my favorite. Kickapoo. Wow. Do you have one yeah. do you have one that you love more than the others or are they all your children you love equally? Yeah, I definitely have faves. I have faves. Yeah, yeah, Kickapoo is up there though. And I have to say, um it's one of the few that uh, uh Liam, we needed that song and Liam Lynch, our director, who's very musically inclined as well, uh came in and Hey Tomato Time! Good to see you. You look great. Come back and see Pam. I know, I can't wait. We miss you. Yeah. Mm. Um, a friend I haven't seen in over a year and a half. She has a, yeah, she hasn't gotten out. <clears throat> That's a nice pop-in. Yeah, first time. She looks great. Anyway, what were we saying? Your favorite Tenacious D songs, if there oh, are any. Uh, you know, they they sort of they kind of switch around. I definitely have some. I love uh, I love Ballad of Hollywood, Jack and the Rage Cage. Oh yeah. I, uh, I kind of love everything about that one. It's just very meaningful <laughs> to me. It's pretty true and kind of a uh, artsy way, you know, emotionally true and. Uh, I just love the construction. I just want another like six eight <laughs> ballad. I do like that. I guess I should just write in, in three four now and waltz. Yeah, just waltz around. I uh, think I'm a waltz guy. That's where I'm headed. My retirement plan. 
The reason I like Kickapoo and and uh, Wonder Boy does this also. There's just a lot of different sections that it, it's really hard to. Um, it's like a suite. Yeah, because sometimes when you're recording music, especially in this past year, where you're like recording music into your computer, like a lot of my audience does that. And it can really sound disjointed when you like record a section and then another section and it never really feels like a song unless you really nail it. And that's what some of some of your guys songs do is there's so many different little bridges uh, that I think are, are just really fun to listen to and take you on a little adventure. And I don't know if you do that intentionally, but yes, I think that was both um, our lack of songwriting craft and uh, and kind of inherent with Jack's love of telling a tale, you know, he he likes uh, and's good at that. <laughs> so yeah, both those things. I think we yeah we we like that sort of thing. All right, last one here. Oh boy! And this one was kind of hard to pick a section, so I just kind of went. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went right with the uh, title. I love that one. Well, that's so crazy because that song's out right now. The vaccinated Ramones parody, the Kyle Gass. A parody that's of... Uh, that's my very first single. dropped ever. Well, I was going to ask you... Um, I've never done that before. Is this like the beginning? Is this going to start off an, a new EP? <laughs> <laughs> of a new EP or a new <laughs> album? Or you're just celebrating your vaccination? Uh, I... Uh, I have I have some songs that just kind of been sitting around and um, on sort of a you know I have the Kyle Gas Band which has been great and Trainwreck which is a, another incarnation mm-hmm. and then I have songs that just sort of fall away and looking for a home and I thought gosh I gotta release these so and I do love to tour so I'm always looking for a way to sneak back on the road so I thought um, you know. Jack's doing a movie or something. I sneak out and I go to Europe. And I love Europe. I love playing in Europe. Europe, if you're listening, book me. Uh, Where's your favorite uh, spot in Europe? Uh, you know, I do love it all. I love Germany and I love Austria. And I love Denmark and I love Sweden and Norway. And I love the UK. And I love Ireland. And I love everywhere over there. Italy. I love. Even sometimes I love France. Not <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I love Switzerland. Oh God, that's really so lovely there. I was in Switzerland for uh, forty-three seconds, and I uh, sprinted across the Zurich airport. It's overpriced, <laughs> and uh, they can be a little snooties. But let me tell you something, man, I've never seen such natural beauty in all my days. It's just, it's just around every corner is another jaw dropping. Yeah. 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 I'll have to go back there one day. That's um, too. So about, so the, this video, the vac vaccinated, it's the name. Yeah. Uh, it's coming out June 4th. Coming out. Yeah. This Friday. Where are, we put- going, where are we going on? You put the song out, and then you, you're putting out a video. I'm interested. There's a very interesting artwork, and I don't know what to expect from the video. Expect a very little budget. 
<laughs> and it's a very quick, but very entertaining and a lot of guest star, a lot of guest stars. If you can pick all the guest stars out, mm-hmm. you should win a prize. Great. Yeah, yeah, we packed them in. A friend of mine, Julie Spiker, was nice enough to edit. Uh, and then her husband, John Spiker, is our bass player, tour manager, producer, engineer. He's a man of many hats. They're very talented, power couple. But uh, yeah, she helped me out, and we just shot footage and sent it over. And it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be what it is. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be what it is. And, and I never, ever have said that. I don't know why I'm saying it now. It's great. Uh, I, hey, I, I'm not 100% sure this is a joke. Um, yeah. I think a rumor was going around at some point that you were the youngest graduate of Juilliard. Uh, your, I'll tell this story again because I've already well, I've gone every which way. It's the funniest thing to me because I think it was on Conan or was it on... It was on a talk show a long time ago, I think for the first album, and I said it as a joke that I was the youngest, and I said it with the real, I'm a really uh, tremendous actor, Tyler. I know. I've read your IMDb. As you see. I mean, I work consistently once or twice a year in this town. Your appearance in Elf is unmatched. Maybe the best part of the movie. It is a it's it's an iconic appearance. It definitely is. I, I've always wanted to be in a um, an annual. But um, um, what was the question? I didn't really ask a question. I my 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 main thing was: Are you actually a child prodigy? Grown up? Oh, nothing. Oh, so I said it on a talk show one time, and I said it with such a straight face that it just it, it had legs of its own. And then I thought, well, I'll just go with it. And then it just, it never would die, and it's always brought up. And then I think even Juilliard said, we don't even have a guitar program, <laughs> nor would there be a 12-year-old allowed at our school. I mean, I couldn't believe Juilliard got involved. That's when a rumor really has taken on its own life. And I've been impressed with that. I was trying to be funny because it was so absurd. Because, uh, But it's actually flattering that people think that I might be, which is, you know, absurd. So, yeah, no, of course not. I just, you know, I worked through the Mel Bay books as best I could and, you know, had a classical, a few classical. I actually got into UCLA on a classical musical, but I was just like, I had to practice. I just, yeah, I was not that good. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up because I know, you know, you're a great guitar player, whether you admit it or not. I'm interested in how, what you, how you came up, like, do you, go off music theory when you compose is it all by ear what do you rely on musically you know from that perspective i know enough to get me into trouble i actually i took some theory in college and i found it to be quite helpful before that i had i sort of that was sort of anti-theory i mean i was reading i started reading like classical basic classical to get and i love that i love classical and then I just got caught up in playing rock and pop songs, you know, off the radio. And that just really got, and then didn't even really think about composing. But um, uh, it's, but now, so I did, uh, I did study, I was a real huge fan of Ted Green. Do you know Ted Green? Yeah, I know Ted Green. Uh, and his books. And that just, I was really into jazz voicings and crazy. I just, that was what really tickled my ear. 
the most. So I, I, I pretty, uh, I know a lot of chords and, and kind of how they work, but then I think it really is the magic of the melody and the chords, and so often the chords don't have to be complex. In fact, the simpler the better sometimes. But it's all part of the alchemy of it, you know, the melody and chords. And and I do just, I sort of fiddle around. I don't really, I know enough, like I said, I can fiddle. And I, I just kind of actually am a big improviser. I just like to, I like to play around and goof around, which I think is, it's kind of just kind of working the muscles for me, always thinking, always a song kind of working. What a, what an interval. If you had to choose one out of the, out of the ether of music. Well, the funniest interval is, and we figured this out, is the octave. Oh. Ah! Oh. And, and I've used it, and a fifth sometimes is, can be very funny. Because it's the pick. Isn't that a fifth? I like the interval uh, little harmony you do in tribute. Ah! Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was positively fugue. Fugue-like. Very classical, both uh, you and Jack, the, your composition style. Um, I think, so did you rub off on him? Is that why or no? <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a musical savant, mm. and uh, I uh, you know, have a little knowledge. I think it worked together well. I definitely, I was right that he needed to play guitar, I think. That was missing in his, his repertoire. And he was really just a pure singer. And he didn't, I was like, dude, you got to just play some rudimentary guitar just to sit on a stool at a party. And, you know, just because the guitars are great, you can really, you know, get three to five chords going and you, and you got something if you, if you like singing, if you got a good voice. And, uh, yeah, I always felt a little, yeah, definitely. It was such a good uh, match just because Jack was, you know, obviously more of a singer and me more of a player. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we're a little more shy in the singing. But then I felt like I had a pretty good ear for the har- harmonies. Yeah, I love the harmonies that you... you And I, I really do feel like that's your influence. Because l- just listening to the Kyle Gass, the KGP, uh, I don't know if you call it that, but... Jack was the four-track wizard when I met him. And he was doing crazy Bobby McFerrin harmonies. And actually was like, <laughs> next-level harmony guy. Truly. And I was I was lagging behind. I mean, I can sing kind of... By ear, some pretty good kind of uh, Simon and Garfunkel shit, but mm. but yeah, he he was really pretty uh, advanced in that. I was pretty blown away. Well, you know, my favorite harmony that I you tend to sing, uh, it's not always following the melody. You know, sometimes you'll hold a note, and I think that is really difficult when you're composing harmonies. Like, why does this sound you know not amazing? And normally my favorite moments of your work is when you're holding a certain harmony underneath the melody and it sort of creates this like a suspension or or whatever you want to say. Yeah. 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 I love the uh, sus four for sure. I think, yeah, you can sort of build some tension and yeah. Yeah. A lot of that is just really kind of (laughs) ear in the studio. And then our producer, John Spiker is he's an expert singer, harmony guy. So he definitely can, I'll definitely like, dude. What's what's the best note right here? And you know, he can throw it at you. So it's uh, that's what I mean. The studio is 
is just a cheater's paradise too. He can just get it just just how you want it. Mm-hmm. You know. I know what you mean. Yeah, by take. So uh, I have a couple more questions for you, and then I'll let you get out of here. What is the weirdest thing you've seen while on tour? <laughs> this isn't, and, and I don't want the coolest thing, and I don't want the worst thing. All right, well, I just in Vegas, we were at the at the we were playing a gig in Wild Vegas, and it was out of control, and people were going crazy. And it was a uh, House of Blues in Las Vegas, and people they were excited to see us, and, and then I saw our tour manager on the side of the stage, Gus Brandt, legendary tour manager of the Foo Fighters, at all. And he was out there with us for some reason, filling in. And he just doesn't come on the side stage. And I saw him there. I said, I knew in my gut something is up and it's not right. And then seconds later, we had to stop the show because there had been a knifing in the balcony. Someone had been cut and it was like a police scene instantly. And people, it was the craziest. We had to stop the show. I mean, right in the middle of the show. But before that, it was already like, you know, Vegas is a dark side. And it was already like, woo, and alcohol, and people were getting a little crazy already. And then the knifing. And then uh, had to stop the show. Yeah, like, I mean, it's a terrible thing to laugh at, but just the word, the, or the phrase, the knifing. <laughs> the knifing, I think it should be. That'd be the, that'd be the movie version. Well, that's a, that's a fir- we've never had a knifing story on this show. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh never before since great well i'm glad you, you don't encourage the knifing no don't bring it just seemed like such a i mean it, it was crazy but it, obviously we're a fun show and you come to enjoy the music and the laughs and it just seemed like and i'm also going to bring my knife in case <laughs> i need to cut somebody i don't know we're like uh, just in case that guy's there i think it must have been personal but then we even saw the guy. We had I was like on a tour. We had a big tour bus, and the guy was. They got the guy on the sidewalk, and I think he seemed pretty uh, inebriated. I think it was probably there was some mental. Yeah, problems. I can imagine. Well, okay. Kyle, to <laughs> to loop in your your guitar supervillain alter ego Goldfinger, I have one final question for you. This is a big one. I want you to get up on your high horse, get on your soapbox. No rules here. What do you believe about guitar that most guitar players would think is crazy? And this could be a hard truth guitar players need to hear or something you know others don't. Say again? It doesn't matter what guitar you're playing. It don't matter. If if a good guitar player gets a hold of your guitar... It's going to sound really good. It's the player. I know what you want it to be, that box. People, it's not. You make your own guitar and just make it sound great. Leave it at that. Kyle, as we... Uh, this what? is one of the... I, I don't know where we are in the... Pan- How many shows have you done? Uh, 25 or 30. That's it? Oh, I'm the top one so far. Easily. It's, <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> it felt good. Hey, yes. dude, anytime, anytime you want to follow up. I would love to, Kyle. Thank you so much for taking your valuable time to be on the show. And I'll look for what treacherous plots you devise next in your musical endeavors. 
Yes, you shall be informed. Now you shall be the villain.